You're listening to an interview recorded at the ICE 2019 conference in Schaumburg, Illinois. Enjoy the program. Hey, welcome back to the Edutech Guys. We're coming to you live from ICE 2019 in beautiful Schaumburg, Illinois. And we have the seat filled right now with our next guest. And we're going to let her tell us who she is and where she's from and all that kind of good stuff. Hi, my name is Mia G. Um, I am an instructional technology specialist from Illinois. Been working in an elementary district. Before that, I was a high school history teacher for oh. about um, five years, if I'm doing the math right. Uh-huh. Um, don't quote me exactly on that. But it's uh, been a fascinating ride going from high school to elementary, and I'm very excited to talk with the EduTech guys today. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. So. What brings you to ICE 2019? First off, are you presenting? Are you here to do some other stuff? Are you looking forward to the sessions? Well, I actually first attended um, the Illinois Computing Educators Conference last year where I presented a workshop with my professors from National Lewis University. So I was like, well, I got to come again this year. Yeah. And I presented an Ignite session on how to make effective technology tutorials. But what really brings me to the Illinois Computing Educators Conference is the ability to meet with my fellow educators face to face mm-hmm. and to make those connections and conversations with the people who are in the classroom or in the coaching positions on a day-to-day basis and gain new perspectives on how to approach the various problems that exist in education. Yeah, isn't it interesting? We, we make so many friends online and yes. we know what they look like. We watch videos of them, but until you can get face to face in the hallway, we like to call it the hallway conference. Yes. Because that's really where the, the good stuff goes down. At yes. A con- <laughs> oh, yes. And so here, you know, this is a wonderful conference. It's our first time to be at this conference mm-hmm. and it's really nice. It's very homey. I know that sounds, you know, everybody here is really great and a lot of folks know everybody and uh, they share really easily and, and I like that. Yes, you know, I think that is one of my favorite aspects about attending a conference mm-hmm. because I love going to the sessions, I love learning from people all over the state of Illinois or if you attend a national conference but what I think really makes a conference worthwhile is getting to see that person you've only known online in real life Mm -hmm. because maybe they're not geographically close to you maybe just time commitments prevent you from meeting more face to face because sometimes even though you know people do present themselves online with their real photos sometimes they don't so it's kind of funny thinking of their avatars (laughs) (laughs) yes their avatars they have online and being like you're this person online but this is what you actually look like in real life yeah yeah you're shrek online and how are you this person (laughs) (laughs) exactly Yes. So um, let's talk about making effective tutorials. Yes. Um, So give us an elevator pitch on that. You know, what what are we looking at? Well, when I think of making effective tutorials, uh, um, in my presentation, I covered three general tutorial tips, Mm -hmm. three written tutorial tips, and three video tutorial tips. Because I believe that there are effective components to a tutorial in general, Mm -hmm. no matter what kind you make, but that there are specific components for the medium or media as you like it, that are necessary as well. Mm -hmm. So an example for, let's say, a written tutorial is consider the font that is being used (laughs) in the written tutorial. There are some fonts that have been shown to be more effective read on screens, like on your tablets or computers, Uh versus on printed paper. So if your tutorial is supposed to be handed out to individuals in real life, Mm -hmm. you might want to consider a font like EB 
Garamond, I hope I said that correctly, um, because that is more effective for reading on paper, for okay. example. Yes. And um, if you're doing video tutorials, there are a whole other components you have to think about that, like yeah. audio equipment. Oh. Mm. But uh, for a general tutorial tip, this is the one I started off with in my presentation. Know your audience. Yeah. If you're going to be creating a tutorial for a student population versus an adult population, you have to adjust the way you would approach your tutorial. Yeah. So how was that? I, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking a sidebar here. How was that leaving high school and going down to elementary? Now, I, in my career, I'm, I'm almost 30 years in. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I know a lot of, of teachers who went from the high school to elementary to become librarians or even, even classroom teachers. Um, and they enjoyed it immensely. Yes. And, I, and, it was it, and most of them would tell me, well, I had them when they had already come through this, you know, I, I'm getting them at the ending stage of their, of their secondary, you know, education. Yes. And then I got to go back and knowing what I know that they need to know, I yes. got this opportunity to do that. So you know, speak to that. Well, you know, what I have found really fascinating is that, you know, whenever I used to talk to elementary people before I was in high school, I would say, oh my goodness, good luck to you. Yeah. I don't know how you handle dealing with little children uh -huh. that cry and other messes might become involved yeah. with that process. But now I have found that going from high school to elementary, each has its own unique set of challenges, but each also has its own unique set of rewards. So for high school, there were some really fascinating in-depth conversations that, that can be had with high school students, not necessarily even about the content, but just about life expectations yeah. and about uh, what uh, they hope to achieve within the world. Mm -hmm. With elementary school now, there can be a lot more enthusiasm in some ways because they want to know why. Why does this work? Why does this not work? Why is the sky blue? There's that energy and I can say perhaps the last lack of fatigue with the schooling system mm -hmm. that exists in elementary school. Now, it is definitely a change, but it's one that I am enjoying immensely. Yeah. Isn't it interesting though when you when you get you have those two perspectives and you realize that they're just children across the board? Yes. There's a commonality in a second grader and a junior in high school. Yes, both can cry. That's exactly right. <laughs> both can cry. It's just that the high school student probably doesn't want to cry in much, exactly. as much in front of you, whereas the second grader probably is fine with crying. That's perfect. That's, a, that's yes. the first response to every. Yes. <laughs> I like to refer to elementary teachers as those who herd cats because it would be like just herd cats all the time. But so um, let's talk about. Um, Kind of changing lanes again one more time. Let's talk about uh, the importance of community, uh, your PLN. Yes. Let's talk about how, where you see that and how you see that building up the educational uh, validity of your, your community. Well, you know, I think what's great is that a PLN can be built on one, uh, on a person's terms, on their own terms, whatever mm -hmm. that might mean. You know, sometimes when uh, teachers are encouraged to go onto social media, you know, there can be a lot of hesitation on their part. And I think it's important to encourage them to build it on your own terms, that you mm -hmm. don't have to necessarily interact the way you would in a face-to-face -face conversation we're having right now. Mm -hmm. um, you can still stick with your in-real-life PLN if that is what supports you and nurtures you. 
but uh, at the same time, it's important to seek out other voices and other perspectives so that your own horizons can be broadened. That may mean going on social media. That might mean attending conferences you normally wouldn't attend. That might mean talking to a teacher in a different grade level than you so that you gain that understanding of what the need is for that age group. So when you build a community, you want to find a community that feeds your soul. Mm -hmm. That's how I would suggest someone looking to build a community um, approach it. So that might mean sticking with people who are still in the same age range Mm -hmm. at this point, especially if you're a starting teacher. I feel like that as a starting teacher, there can be an impetus to focus on, I need to talk to the older teachers and to the veterans and to, um, uh, you know, get all their expertise so I can absorb it and then push it out in my own classroom. But I think there's also value in, no, go to your same age peers. They're having the same struggles as you. Right. And make certain to exchange ideas with a variety of groups so that you can grow in whatever role you are in within education. That, that's a beautiful soundbite, by the way, that I'm going to steal from you. Yes. So. <laughs> Which part? <laughs> the whole thing. Okay. I mean, you're, you're right on target there. I mean, that's, that's a great way to explain it to teachers, especially young teachers. Um, young teachers... I wouldn't know what it's like, like I said, I've been doing this a long time, to walk into education now. It's mm-hmm. overwhelming. Yes. Uh, Sensory-wise, there's just so much. It's not Just being a teacher, when I started in the early 90s, mm-hmm. was overwhelming. I was a band director, so it was even more overwhelming. Yes. But now, with technology and with you know so much more curriculum rules mm-hmm. and regs, it's just really different. So um, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, here at ICE, anything you're looking forward to? Any sessions that you've been to that you were looking forward to or Ooh. that are coming up? Ooh. Anything real exciting you want to find out about? You know, I'm actually really excited about the escape room sessions mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they're going to be having because I've done escape rooms um, for fun. Yeah. On, um, you know, just, you know, going with friends. So I'm really curious to see how they're going to incorporate the concepts of an escape room with education because the first time I went to an escape room, I realized... This is like playing a video game in real life. In an escape room, you have, for those of you who aren't familiar, you are locked in a room. Not really locked. If there's an emergency, they'll let you out. But the the frame wing is that you're locked in a room and you have to figure out the clues to unlock the door to break out. And this requires all the skills we want students to have. Collaboration, problem solving critical thinking, effective communication, mm-hmm. exploration. Mm-hmm. And so I am really curious to see what they're going to do with the escape rooms because there's been breakout EDU with like boxes. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, how is this going to work in a physical space? So yeah, I, that's and I, and I promise you, we've seen it mm-hmm. and we've we've, oh, we've done we've we've been in a few and um, it's awesome. And I love that all of that you 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 talked about collaboration, uh, problem solving. Um, the ones that really intrigue me now is the ones that include a heavy invention. Yes. Here's Tinker Toys and blocks and string and, you know, what are you going to make to fix this problem to get through to the next level, to the next door, to the next, yeah. That one is, to me, really going to push our students. Coding. Let's, yes. That's, that's the next one is the coders love that. Yes. The kids love to hack, hack their way out of a room. That's even better. So That's a gr- you know, I think that's a wonderful way to phrase it. That's a soundbite I'm going to steal. Okay, you, have well. to hack your, <laughs> you have to hack your way out of this room. Exactly. Because 
you know, growing up and playing video games, I was like, you know, some of the tasks were repetitive. Some of them really required critical thinking to solve. So it would be great if we could bring that same kind of appeal into the classroom. Yep. Okay, so if our listeners wanted to um, get in touch with you, yes. uh, steal your ideas, <laughs> uh, steal your sound bites. With um, credit. <laughs> with credit. Got to give attribution That's to right. your sources. So um, uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, well, they can get in touch with me on Twitter. I am at... Ms. That's M S M, Gutsell. That's G U T S E L L. Like your gut, and you're selling something. Okay. Um, and then you will find me, and I will be happy to hear from you. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming by. And thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to an interview from Ice 2019 in.